Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Today on the Tampering Podcast, we're going to start off with Lakers beat writers Kyle Goon of the Southern California News Group. He is one of the few media members not only inside the bubble in Orlando, but he's going to be there the entire three months. Also, Bill Oram, the Athletics Lakers beat writer, good friend of mine, to break down the Lakers, their underwhelming play so far, and how they might look as we get closer to the playoffs here. On the back end, a fantastic conversation, like always, with Utah Jazz forward Joe Ingles talking about the bubble, talking about the jazz, the backstory about Rudy and Donovan Mitchell and that unforgettable night on March 11th in Oklahoma City that Joe and I have talked about previously what that night was like. But now I want to hear about the jazz chemistry, the jazz interpersonal dynamics and what he is doing to stay sane. Quick teaser there, Netflix, a lot of Netflix. Enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. Sam Payne. Uh-huh. uh-huh. To feel the uh-huh. People together. What do, baby? Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation. Into tampering accusations. And the message to executives in the league is not talking about players on other teams. What did I do? And the charges filed. Impermissible contact. Is right or wrong? Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> awkward to even talk about it. I can't even mention teams anymore. Actually, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. The trial you want with tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. Is that rocket science? I have tamper with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Welcome to the Tampering Podcast. I'm Sam Amick here, as always, going video style this week with two of my best friends in the business. We have the one and only William Oram, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. Bill, how are you, friend? Doing great, Sam. Thanks for having me back on Tampering. Of course. Kyle Goon, Lakers beat writer for the Southern California News Group, Flash and Deuces. Kyle, inside the bubble, also repping for the media news group company-wide, Kyle, three months? You agreed to three months of this? How you holding up, man? Um, well, recently uh, I got in an argument with my shower for not having cold water uh, <laughs> when I wanted it. So it's going great. It's, it's going great. There's only two more months left of this. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, stable and steady. Okay, who, gets, great. who gets mad at their shower for not having enough cold water? <laughs> I, I was just done a workout and I don't know if you've ever been to Florida before, Bill, but um, definitely Florida those is out. an absolute hellscape of humidity. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was just like I needed a cold shower. I was going to go to work right after and and I was very, very hot and it, I just had to make do with a hot shower. I, I let it run for like 10 minutes. and I was like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. I love that. I don't, yeah. Yes. It's a, a, only a Florida problem. I, I realized this. <laughs> Uh, I have done my homework and made sure I read both of you and your latest and breaking down the way you see this team. They're two and four, um, but beyond the record, just call it underwhelming, tinkering like crazy. Frank Vogel trying to figure out lineups. Frank Vogel talking about the reality that uh, you're not really going to see what they are until the playoffs, and he's trying to learn as much as possible right now with no Avery Bradley, no Rajon Rondo, um, you know, guys like Quinn Cook and Taylor Horton Tucker all of a sudden playing roles. Um, Kyle, I'll throw it to you first, you know, the pulse that you're taking on the group, you know, and the general question of should Lakers fans be worried, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, uh, LeBron, all of the above, like what, what, uh, what's the level of concern here? 
Um, you know, like whatever, it's not a nuclear blast level of concern. Like I, I don't think, I mean, I think when you look especially back at LeBron James teams, there's always sort of that uh, momentary like, oh, like are they are they good enough to do this? And like at the end of the day, they do have two superstars who are very good. They haven't all looked in sync through six games. Um, and like you said, I think lineup tinkering has really um, played a role in some of that instability. I think also on a certain level, we should believe what we see in that some teams have shown up to the bubble and, and looked very good and, and played with a lot of urgency. I think of, you know, the Suns, the Blazers, the Toronto Raptors, um, and, and some teams just have not. And, you know, that it's not only the Lakers, but the Lakers are also, um, they have the last ranked offense in the bubble. They're the lowest three-point shooting percentage team in the bubble. Um, I mean, I think to some extent we should believe that they're more vulnerable um, than than they were when we last left off, when they looked incredible against the Bucks and the Clippers, and and LeBron was sort of at the top of their game. And and even LeBron has sort of acknowledged, look, there's a lot of things here at the warm up too. The shooting backgrounds are different. It's weirder without fans. Right. I mean, LeBron at at his heart is a performer. And, and he enjoys that back and forth. And I think um, some of these other guys do too. So I, I do think that we should believe what we see in terms of the instability, some of the continuity errors. But I, I also don't think it's like, well, the Lakers are, are flopping on their last legs. Like they're, they're prime for a first round upset. I, I definitely don't believe that yet. Bill, you've, you've been looking at this team all year. I think you wrote, <laughs> I'm loving this video. Now I love Kyle's face. Um, you wrote that they had lost four games, I believe, in the first 28, uh, and now all of a sudden it's it's four out of six. Um, what are you seeing in terms of we have the personnel differences, but the shooting is a glaring concern. LeBron, I believe, you know, leading the squad beyond the arc is, is not the ideal championship formula. From his history, you're supposed to be surrounding LeBron with shooters. That's not transpiring at the moment. What uh, What are the most stark differences from how you see it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kyle hit the nail on the head just in terms of us needing to believe what you see, just because they this they, they are still going out there and they're playing LeBron James, they're playing Anthony Davis um, in an effort to to win these games. Now, granted, they've changed the rotations up a little bit and and, and the lineups have been um, inconsistent. Where you've seen Taylor Horton Tucker get big minutes. This is a guy who played five minutes all regular season before that. So, I mean, there is a lot to look look at and say. This is not the Lakers at their best, at their um, most urgent effort. Um, but, you know, the shooting is huge. And this was not a great three-point shooting team to, to begin with. You go back, at, by the time the season shut down, I think they were 19th in three-point percentage, which for a LeBron James team, for a team that, um, for a team that wasn't the top five in offense, is, is really low. Anthony Slater pulled some great numbers last week and, and found that the last 10 um, – champions and NBA champions have all been top 10 three-point shooting teams. The Lakers aren't even close to that. So I think, you know, if threes aren't falling at least at a, at a sort of um, decent rate, they're going to be in trouble now. And they need to compensate for that. You need LeBron to be at, you know, huge productivity. You need AD to be hugely productive because that's the way they've been built all year is you get huge games from those guys and you get other guys to kind of fill in the gaps, but really it's a LeBron and AD vehicle. And, whether it's because there isn't the same urgency in these seeding games that there was early in the regular season when the Lakers were trying to make a big statement and kind of announce themselves as title contenders, um, you know, real pedal to the metal start to the season. 
you haven't seen that from AD and LeBron. AD has been stifled in two of their last four matchups. Two of their last four matchups, he's just been bad. Um, hasn't played well through double teams. And again, you can I think you can excuse that away. But at some point, it's like, hey, why why are two of the teams that they could potentially that their caliber um, playoff caliber opponents figuring out the AD problem? And that makes you nervous, I think, for the postseason. A team like Portland, which can go big for big with with the Lakers, if if that matchup transpires. And and look, the Lakers have been um, have been at the top of the West all year because they typically have the best two players in any matchup. And in any playoff matchup, they're going to have two of the three best players at minimum. But once you get down to players four, five, six, seven, you know, who do the Lakers have that really scare you? And I think that that's something that. Um, you know, most teams they're going to face in the postseason probably have more imposing depth than the Lakers, especially if Danny Green's not shooting the ball well, if Contavious Caldwell-Pope isn't shooting the ball well. Um, and that puts so much pressure on LeBron and AD to carry this team all the way through the playoffs. Kyle, because you're on the inside, um, you know, you've got the schematic stuff that Bill's breaking down well, then you've got the human uh, just kind of mood uh, reading the room stuff that you're seeing right now. You see coaches talking in the hallways. You see the look on LeBron's face when he walks away from the press conference. Uh, Give us some of those sights and sounds. This is one of the most unique coverage experiences in the history of our industry. And I don't think that's an overstatement and, and you know, you're a major part of it at the moment, but as it pertains to your team, just what are you seeing there? Yeah. I mean, um, it is interesting, and, and some of the stuff I'm, I, I surely read into a little bit. Um, you know, I think in particular, and most importantly, the, I think the lineup issue has been frustrating to, to Frank Vogel. Um, and, and my my read on it is that, um, you know, after uh, – what, what was the game where they got smacked? Was that against the Raptors? Yeah, after the Raptors game. Um, you know, I, I, I sense that he – really wanted to see more of continuity, but it's very tough when you have only four games left and then two of them are on a back-to-back. And then you're like, okay, well, there's nothing else to play for. Uh, should I play LeBron and AD, like, in a back-to-back? Like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, right. uh, it, and, and just about any, you know, big front office person would agree with that. So I think Frank definitely wanted to see more of, but he's also now at this place where he's got to protect his guys. He's got to figure out in practice how to blend guys in. Uh, I was very surprised in the last game when, when Dion waiters and Markeith Morris and J.R. Smith didn't play at all. Um, and Frank said they were trying to get familiarity. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure if he's been able to do what he has wanted to do as a coach and, and by extension, um, those guys as the staff to see what is this going to look like. And I think part of that is the Lakers have kind of gone into this place where they, they went really hard on three and D guys. And now with Rajan Rondo out and Alex Caruso, who is a, a capable one, but not the ideal one. I mean, honestly, his, his best role is when he plays alongside LeBron James and, and is more of a a uh, secondary ball handler and a, a cutter and d- can do intelligent things off the ball. So that, uh, I know this is kind of a hot take, but they kind of miss Rajon Rondo in that way. They, they don't, they, when in the game where LeBron and Alex Caruso were out, they didn't have a chance. 
uh, because no one can set the table for their offense. And, and really, if LeBron is off the court right now, no one sets the table at all for their offense. So as infuriating as a lot of people find Rajon Rondo, as much as the numbers don't point that he's effective, um, I, I think he's missed, frankly. I think that the when guys like Danny Green and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, to a lesser extent, Quinn Cook, who had a great game the other night, when those guys don't shoot well, there's not a ton that they do. I mean, Danny, Danny can defend and, and KCP can defend a little bit. He's not as good as Avery. Um, and Quinn can't cook, can't do that much except when he's hitting shots. So they're in trouble in that way and that they're limited. I, I've seen that translate to Frank. I do think, though, that at the, after this Pacers game, which was competitive, LeBron seemed to be in good mood because he had an awesome game. And, and that, I think that was LeBron's goal to, to say, I look, I'm good. I, I feel like I can play at my high level again. I can get back to that March level. I can get back to my previous playoff level. And I think his goal was achieved in that Pacers game, which was pretty close. But at the end of the day, the loss didn't really mean much. So I, I, yes, I agree with Bill that Anthony Davis kind of needs to find that consistency, but he also had a 40 point game. So I think the individuals are doing okay, but I think the frustration right now is what are those other guys able to do? And honestly, who is who is even going to play? Because Frank right. says we we know we have some idea of our playoff rotation, but I mean, as an observer, I, I don't, I'm not really sure what their playoff rotation is. I mean, I could make a guess, but there I, there's been a lot of variation in that. Bill, you have thoughts? I can see. Tell us. I mean, so a few. One, um, the, the the playoff rotation thing is fascinating to me. And I understand that, hey, you are 70 games into this season. You kind of know what you got. So, you know, you can you can ease up before the postseason. That would be that would make sense in a normal year. But you've had four months off. You have two key rotation players who aren't there. And you're trying to integrate at least two more rotation guys in, in Markeith Morris and Deion Waiters with J.R. Smith maybe on the on the fringe. Um, I, it, I thought that uh, Frank not playing Dion in the last game was somewhat telling that he was considering other options at those guard positions. Um, Dion's been good, but not great. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's, I think it's problematic that the Lakers are still experimenting at this point, because this was a situation where you need to get, you need to get settled and back into gear as quickly as possible. And it doesn't really feel like they've done that. Um, and, Sam, you were around the Lakers in Dwight's first stint, and I, this is not a perfect comparison, but I keep thinking about the preseason that year when the Lakers went 0-8, and they came into the year with huge title expectations. It was Dwight and Kobe and Steve Nash, and everybody thought they were going to win 75 games. And, and they come out and they completely lay a brick in the entire preseason and lose all eight games. And everybody's like, it's the preseason, it's Kobe, it's Dwight, it's fine, it's just the preseason. And you could totally excuse it away because, you know, you're playing 15 guys. But at some point, a team with Kobe, Steve Nash, and Dwight should just overwhelm you with talent and and should win some of those, right? And again, it's not the same thing. We have to be fair, I don't think was Dwight – sorry to cut you off. Was, Dwight, he, was he out then? Was he, was he was he out, I believe. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But regardless, yeah, I mean, yeah. you saw kind of the – you kind of saw the the foundation of like yeah. there's something wrong here. And, and I wonder if we will ultimately look back at these eight – seeding games of this Lakers team and say we should have paid closer attention to the problems that we saw like the writing was sort of on the wall 
Sure. Um, I don't fair. know. That, I don't know that it's going to be as cataclysmic as what as what we saw from that 2012 team. I doubt it would be, but it is. Like, it goes back to what Kyle said about kind of believing what you're seeing. Um, I actually have an interesting thought. Thought. I mean, and this is just sort of an idle thought, Sam. You would know more than I do, but I think of LeBron's last Cleveland year when it was like, all right, we're we're going to make a bunch of trades. We're going to put some new guys around him, and like I think the total substance of those trades were sort of whatever like but it kind of just shifted up the locker room and the, the Cleveland didn't look incredibly great when going in the playoffs but then LeBron was just LeBron and they won some right. series um they almost lost in the series. first round yeah but but this this is what I think the Lakers are like I think they're going to have some tough series but if LeBron is playing up to his capability and if a few of those guys can hit threes, then then they might tough it out. I don't think they're going to be what they were at, at the end of March. I, I really just don't. But I think the talent level is there. And, and if Anthony Davis kind of figures out consistency, then then they'll get there. But that's sort of the comparison I've been making in my mind, that that might, that might be more like that team. To that point, and, and LeBron being who he's going to be in the playoffs, and uh, I do want to pivot to some of the lifestyle stuff with both you guys sure. covering this in and out of the bubble. Bill, with your Northwest roots and all eyes on the Blazers right now, and that I, that prospect of that that first round matchup, you know, is this us getting ahead of ourselves media wise and and seeing something that isn't totally there, or is this a very legitimate, uh, challenging series for the Lakers if that is ultimately who's there? I don't think there's any question that it's the most challenging potential matchup. I mean, the the other the other teams that are in that position in in that position, you have Memphis, a team that's without Jaron Jackson going forward and is really only still in it because they had the lead coming into the bubble. Um, and San Antonio, and San Antonio is a young team, a, a you know a disciplined Popovich coach team, but again, the Laker or the Lakers will have far and away the two most talented players on the floor. Um, I don't see that being much of a contest. And and when you but when you get to Portland. You have two, you have certainly a first team all NBA guard in Damian Lillard. You have a, maybe a borderline all-star caliber guard in CJ McCollum, a guy who could be that, could be that all-star guard and it may be a different situation. Nurkic, who looks like an all-star so far in the bubble. And then just a lot of really capable role players. Gary Trent has had a breakout in the bubble. Um, Zach Collins is a really good fit for what they do. Hassan Whiteside, problematic player. But um, comes in and gives you that additional coming off the bench, though. I mean, that's I, exactly you know, comes in yeah, and can. And can that's and can, huge. And you ha- so you can have you know a, a, not a, relying on Hassan too much is the right. perfect role. And it, having having a seven footer on the floor at all times is something that very few teams can do. The Lakers can do it, and you lose that advantage when you're going up against a team like Portland. And and Portland's definitely one of the teams I was looking at when you, when you say. Okay, Lakers have two of the three best players on the floor, maybe the two best players, depending on you know how you feel about Damian Lillard, but probably, probably the two best players, LeBron and AD, then Damian, and then CJ, then Nurkic. When's the next Laker on that list? And 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 listen, I would still take the two best players. I want I want the two best players on my team, and we'll figure out the rest of it. But that does make them, to me, more threatening. Now, uh, I don't think Portland has a great ma- matchup for LeBron. I don't know who, how they're really going to defend him. Um, and... That is going to be um, obviously uh, the thought bubble over Kyle's head says they can't. That's what I read. It on says your face, stay mellow, Kyle. baby. <laughs> I mean, listen, Le- LeBron has skinny never mellow been... against LeBron. That's the only scenario where skinny mellow go. is not going to help. LeBron has never been happier to see Carmelo Anthony back in the NBA than when he sees that that's who's guarding him. <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, this is not the Blazers pod, but I, I got to stop and say, my God, I love Damian Lillard doing what he did last night. 51 oh, points on Philly after everything with Paul George and Pat Beverly. Um, Dame is a real one, man, and he's been that way since he was back at Weber State in your guys' old neck of the woods in your Utah coverage days. Um, and then from there, what the hell else was I going to shout out? I don't know. Dame's awesome. That That was fun to watch, and I love how – you know, you know you're under your peers' skins, so to speak, when they're chirping like they are. Pat is one thing. Paul George doesn't talk like that typically. And I loved as an aside, Draymond Green on TNT. You know, Draymond, I thought made a great point, which is I mean, I was there the day Paul George broke his leg in Vegas, and I have as much sympathy for that as anybody, and it was incredibly excruciating to watch. But then Paul brings that into the conversation as if to say, you know, everything I've been through. So, And, and Dame just shut everybody up, and, and I thought that was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm here for the first-round match. Okay, uh, again, as your bubble correspondent today, yes. I, I could not freaking believe that Paul George did the bye-bye with, like, I know Pat Bev, Pat Bev is Pat Bev, right? Like, right, right, he's, right. he's an insane competitor, does whatever he does. I could right. not believe Paul George did the bye-bye wave to Damian Lillard as the freaking Clippers seeding game number four. Like, yeah. It wasn't him, yeah. like, putting Damian, <laughs> like, Damian Lillard did the bye-bye wave in an actual playoff series where he hit the game-winning shot over Paul George from a million feet away. And Paul and George proceeded. is on the bench as his bench beats these guys doing the bye-bye wave. Are you kidding me? And, and let me remind the listeners, because I don't know that folks slow down to consider the ripple effect from there. He legitimately relocated Paul George and Russell Westbrook in that playoff series. He that team was broken up. Yeah. Russ had ended up, you know, because of what Paul chose to do and to get on board with Kawhi Leonard, go to the Clippers. I mean, I can't think of a shot possibly it was, I don't want to be over the top. It was one of the most impactful NBA shots of all time. Uh, far more impactful than anything that Clippers bench did. And again, seating game yeah. number four, or whatever it was. Yeah, as and Landry the thing I love is, is beating the Blazers, Paul George <laughs> from the bench is like, Oh, like, well, and he even Pat, that up. he did it. I'm not a, I'm not about to sit here and say, you know, Blazers in the finals, but even Pat tweeting, um, at Damien saying, well, you're going home this year. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see. I just want to say that Damien Lillard does not seem like a player you want to make mad in general. 100%. Like, like if, if Damien Lillard is now not thinking about beating the Lakers, he's thinking about quickly dispatching the Lakers and whatever comes next so he can get to the Clippers and, and mess them up now. Like, they'd be, would it be the other side of the bracket? Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, if assuming yeah. the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers, so they got to really make a run. Right? that's official they're they're at two they can't move out of two at this point um so yeah i mean i don't think it's official yet but i think even the three would i I, i'm terrible at bracket yeah no they they would they would be on the other side the the best seed that portland could get is the eight and the clippers are going to be either two or three so they would be on the other so they would have to make a hell of a run to actually see each other but still um i mean who knows i mean I, yeah and and that's not a commentary on the lakers it's just a commentary on the bubble i mean who who really knows and, I, and i've said this from the beginning and we will start seeing in a couple of weeks but this whole situation is ripe for chaos and I, that doesn't mean the lakers are going to lose in the first round but it, it means that maybe it, it, you don't you just don't know you don't know who's going to who's going to no. pull upsets and these matchups are insane dallas Clippers, Houston, and OKC potentially, and Jazz Nuggets. I mean, good luck picking those. Good luck getting picking all four of those correctly. And, and, and by the way, like the other thing that you're going to see is like 
Marcus Morris has a baby on the way in September. Is he going to miss the Western Conference Finals for this baby? Like, and I'm not saying that's a bad decision, but that's the kind <laughs> no, of no. But that's, that's not a very personal the about the baby, Kyle. What did what did this baby do to no, you? No, no, no. I'm just saying the, the that's child, literally child the kind of decisions that will it. affect these series in the bubble. Like, or somebody, somebody, clo- no, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, no, we're just having fun. These people yeah, yeah. die. I mean, Trez has been gone for, yeah, however long, like three. By the way, he just tweeted that knows. he's back. Yeah. But I don't know like, if you guys saw that. Yeah. He, he was in, he's in Disney now, but like, yeah, Doc hasn't been saying anything about it. Like, yeah, those are the things that actually could decide playoff series. So we have no idea. Before I get you both out of here, um, we I I, I got to fulfill my own promise. And Kyle, we got to talk about the fishing excursion. Now, listen, I can sense to make sure that your bosses who might be listening know Kyle is grinding. He's working his, his ass off and nobody is questioning that. But the, the recreation stuff, because I'm going to be there, as you know, I've been incessantly inquiring with people on the inside of the bubble about what's available and what we can do. So when I saw the fishing, uh, I was excited. And now uh, I'm not as proud as I was before. I, I fished twice in the last two weeks and caught uh, four fish total, I think. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then I see these pictures from the bubble angling experience where, I mean, are, are we all hitting our limits here? These are some big boys that you're catching. And, and, and how has that been? Yeah, you should, you should feel uh, pressured because Tanya Ganguly caught more fish LA, than you in two, in two hours than you caught in, in the last two weeks. What are you all throwing? What, what's she catching them on? It's, uh, we, have, we had some minnows. Um, we went, went out to the Grand Floridian. <clears throat> get a special bus all to <laughs> three of us a huge bus takes us out to the grand floridian and we had a guide his name was david he was great he put everything on the line i threw my first cast and threw my hook directly into a fishing net in, in another boat <laughs> so it was it was great it, it was, there was a lot going on i still caught three fish um yeah but it, it, i mean i i would say the thing about the the fun in the bubble is like sort of not to take away from what I was saying earlier. It's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind. But then like the other thing is like when you have those moments, you're like, you know what I'm going to do? Like I'm going to seize those moments and really like get out there. We're going to go fishing. Damn it. And uh, <laughs> Rachel was sort of the ringleader of this. Cause cause uh, a week ago we went on this Rachel Nichols, ESPN. Yeah, Rachel Nichols from ESPN's the jump. And a week ago, we went on a pontoon boat, and I don't think any of us expected anything out of it. And it was like at 9.30, and we're all bedraggled because we're all West Coast people. So Tanya, Rachel, and I get on the bus, and we're sort of like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And then they let us get in the boat, and they're like, all right, enjoy. And we didn't realize we were going to be able to drive our own boat in this uh, lake at the Yacht Club. Pilot. So we were like hanging out for an hour on the boat, playing music, and like having the time of our lives because... The rest of the time, we have to stay in like a tiny portion of the Coronado Springs Resort, um, and or on the ESPN Wide World Sports. And no, no swimming because we have alligators in the water. Correct? <laughs> Am I right about that? Yeah, no swimming off of the boat for sure, and that's a real thing because people have gotten attacked in, oh, in the Disney area. Um, but um, you know, I think there is that thing of people work so hard here. It's like when you get those moments of levity it's like oh i really need to take advantage so after we did the pontoon boat last week rachel became the ringleader 
of with Disney VIP services. And she was CCing us on all these emails like, hi, we would like to go fishing on Sunday. Thank you very much. And then like, <laughs> oh, well, we haven't, we haven't uh, made the fishing schedule. And she's like CCing us on everything. He's like, well, please tell us when you do because we would very much like to go fishing. So I love she it. was pushing that. She was driving it. But that's all how right. you see. Yeah, Bill's hands up again. Bill said he has to leave. What, what do you have as a parting shot? So now that you've been fishing, does that mean you guys are honorary Disney cast members? Wow. That's, it would not be an order. Hey, great visit. note to leave, Bill. Great. Yeah. yeah great, that was great better than your, than your pedicure talk. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate you. Kyle, hang in there, man. You're doing really good stuff. Uh, by the way, if you haven't read it yet, read Kyle's piece on the behind the scenes look at the Lakers. Uh, equipment managers and even Rob Palinka grabbing a mop and, and, and the idea that all these teams that can only have 35 people are, it's kind of an all hands on deck approach. That was a really good read. Bill always pumping out really good reads. What <laughs> go ahead, Bill, all hands on deck. Another <laughs> yes. reference. Yes. All right, gents be good. Thank you. Talk to you. Hey fellas. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining and it's time to get Manscaped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That includes an essential lawnmower 3.0, that's waterproof, cordless, body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. I own the Lawnmower 3.0 and it is a great product. I think it has a light on it for accurate grooming. And it's just a just a really well-made product. It is great. And inside the perfect package, you'll find Manscaped's crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day long. So make sure you use that. And also make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. They're good. I really, I've got some, uh, and I wear them, and they're wonderful. So make sure that you get some, too, and go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. All right, so that was the conversation with Kyle and Bill. Thank you to those two friends of mine for spending the time. That was fun. Now to the conversation with Joe Ingles, Utah Jazz Forward, with a quick disclaimer. The audio is not going to be quite as great as it normally is, only because this conversation originally was not intended for the podcast. It was going to be for a written story only, but Joe was so good, so interesting, and so honest, I wanted to share it with the listeners. And so if you could get past that part, and it's not bad at all, uh, you should enjoy it. On just the life side, um, you know, how would you rate this experience? Uh, you know, what is yeah. it in reality versus what you thought might be going in? Um, well, I, there's two things to that. Like, it's very similar to what I thought um, in terms of, like, 
from what I'd heard and talked about, I was like, it's going to be like a national team. It's like a national team with a lot more money, obviously, than <laughs> than what the Australian uh, Basketball Australia has. Yeah. Um, but it's like a, a, a national team on steroids, like a, a World Cup, whatever tournament. Um, obviously, with staying in so like I could walk downstairs in a minute to go to a meeting and I'll see three guys from Milwaukee, two guys, like you just see everybody walking around, obviously, because I think there's eight of us at our hotel. Why are you going to mention um, Milwaukee? Are you trying to recruit Giannis? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he wants to come to Utah, I mean, if he comes, it means I'll probably be out. So, <laughs> um, I, I actually only said that because I, I saw him this morning when I was walking back from the breakfast room. He was the, He's the only player I've seen today. Um, Tough to miss, too. But yeah, yeah, ducking under every bloody door thing, and um, but it's yeah, it, it's like that. It's like um, you have a team room where you eat your meals, so it's on the main level. So you've got to kind of walk down to your team room, which obviously I'm like for me, it's very normal because I've done this before um, for ten years with the national team. Um, so all of that part is is very kind of for me is kind of normal what I expected. Um, the flip side of that, like it's. It's definitely harder than I assumed it was going to be. It's probably, it can't, it's not on the same level as um, Dory, but it's like a similar thing. Like when Renee had the twins, weeks and weeks before, we were meeting with all these different people because I had to leave for the Olympics. And I'd already... So I ended up leaving a week later for the Olympics because I was not obviously going to miss the birth of the twins. And... The whole time leading up to it, we're, we're meeting with all these different people, mental health people, everyone to try and figure out the best way that I'll be okay to, to leave. And the whole time leading up to it, like, I'll be fine. Like, I'm not a, that very, like, an, an emotional person. Like, I'll be fine. I know they're in, obviously, are in really good hands with Renee, regardless if I'm there or not. She's probably better off with me not there anyway. Um, <laughs> get a lot more done. Um and I was like, yep, yeah, totally fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I walked out the door and I was at, I left from the hospital. So we had them on like, I left like 36 hours after they were born. So I met, like got to meet them, hung out with them. And I left from the hospital to go to the airport to meet the team 10 days later already. Um, and I walked out the hospital door, like her bedroom door that we were in or whatever. And I walked out and I was like, like this is this doesn't feel right at all. Like this just isn't, um, and it's obviously a different level because I can like sit on the phone now to the kids and talk on FaceTime, and they like tell me what sure. they're doing. And Millie just went to the shops and bought a fish. Like I, she's always excited because she's got this stupid little pink <laughs> pink fish now. Um, but it was just different. Like, you just think like, oh, it'll be okay. And then same time, this like I'll be alright. Like I. But then you get away, and obviously it's been whatever you said, four or five weeks, and I'm just like, this isn't the life, <laughs> it's the lifestyle that I typically live, and it's not the lifestyle that I like. Like I want to be with my family, I want to pick up my kids from school. Like that's my, that's my favorite part of the day is like dropping Miller at school or Jacob, and then picking them up after practice or whatever, and seeing them run out to the car or or run and give you a hug when they run out the door. Like that's. That's the important stuff to me. Like basketball is great and it's whatever, but um, but it's been yeah. I mean, it it is what it is. Obviously, there's a part of it that I know is the business side and it has to be done. And obviously, I wanted to come with my team and support my team and play and 
um, and, and do all that, but it's still, I mean, it'll never make it easier um, as much as I love basketball to, to leave like everyone's families. I'm sure I'm not the only one in, in this case to. Sure, yeah. But I wonder, you know, not even just you, everybody there, um, and I've had, actually asked your coach this a few weeks ago, like, could you see some of the stuff you're talking about making having any ripple effect on on guys' ability to focus and compete later in the in the process when it comes to the tug of, of kind of the normalcy being so far away, and then the the length of time that, that you end up spending inside the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think people would like. It's like what I was saying about leaving the kids, like leading up to it the whole time. I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Like played the worst tournament with Australia that I've ever played with. Probably could have won a medal if I had done like something, like anything. We probably could probably would have won a medal. Um but I don't think guys and that's the thing which is so obviously cool too about like Damar and Kevin Love being so open about their mental health and stuff is like it's always been this like story or whatever that it's like not cool to talk about your your feelings or if you're upset or if you're lonely or um, and I don't think guys will like realize it. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big feelings talker. Like, I'll say some stuff to Renee, and that, that she knows. Like, I keep a lot to myself, and I, I think a lot of guys like that. They try and deal with it themselves without asking for help, or whatever. But I think there'll be a point where guys are like, will we'll need to reach out to people, whether it's their their mum or their their brother or sister or or wife, or obviously every team's got a. Um, I don't know what exactly, like a mental health um, advisor or, or person on their staff or whatever now. So, right. Um, but I think it will. I think it will take, because you're stuck like, I said this the other day to someone like, oh, they were asking about the room. And I said, the room is like, it's fine. Like it's, we're in a what, five-star hotel, whatever it is. Like I've got a bed and the couch and, but it's still like a tiny ass little room compared to like your house or a hotel for a night. Um and that's why I was saying, like, before with me, like, I come back after the game and I just, like, I love my teammates, but I don't want to hang around them 24-7 either. Um, right. So you come back to your room and I'm, like, sitting here, like, man, I just played like shit and I had five turnovers and I missed, like, and you overplay it. And I think, I think, by willingness to, like, adapt to the situation and, and be comfortable, like, being uncomfortable to, to, to a certain aspect is, is pretty important. And then, like, adapting to the, we were talking about as a team, like adapting to like no fans and the referees can hear, like I got a technical yesterday. I probably wouldn't have got it if we, there was 20,000 jazz fans in there, but there's no one in there and he heard what I said and it wasn't, I mean, I probably deserved it anyway because I overreacted, <laughs> but like there's going to be situations like you, if you can adapt, if everyone can, the, the teams that can adapt to this the most and the food's not, probably what everyone's like typically used to at home or you can't go out to a rest. I mean, you can go to a restaurant, but it's like on the campus, like you can't leave. And, um, no so chicken wing for is, you, Joe? No, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a chicken wing guy. Um, oh, they're like yeah. adapting to the situation. Cause you can, I mean, I did, I tweeted a picture of the food the first, like, like, and I was just like grumpy and miserable. And that was probably on top of like, not only, um, the food actually wasn't very good that first few days, but then also I'm like stuck in my room for the first 48 hours quarantining and I'm missing the kids and so you just get everything builds up and all that. So I think it's, yeah, I think, um, I think it'd be interesting, but I think guys need to like really need to, to think about that mental health side of it because it can get, 
you can get lonely and boring and like whatever it is. Sure. Give me the uh, the story again, real quick, about the the X factor and the key to to your game yesterday. What what you end up watching to to get your mind <laughs> off hoops? <laughs> I shouldn't. I don't even want to tell you what I what I watched. But, um, no, it was just like it was it was Renee's idea, which majority of like ninety nine point nine percent of things I do is Renee's idea. Um, but it was just like to get away from it for that morning. Um, obviously having an earlier game helps because you're not sitting around all day. So I just got up and um, went down to breakfast, came back up, and Renee was like, just watch like a comedy or watch like a – or go for a walk. And I didn't want to go for a walk because it's hot as hell and like I don't want to walk on the day of the game that far or whatever. Um, so I was like searching on Netflix and I end up I, – I do love like an action-y jail, prison, like that kind of stuff. And I sure. came across like – um, the world's hardest prisons or toughest prisons oh, or something that. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a guy who actually served in prison for a crime he didn't commit and he got out after 12 years and then now he just flies around the world um, going to like the craziest places and spends like a week in, in jail with murderers, rapists, like all, all kinds of things. Um, so I literally just put, I, I, got, I made a coffee and I, I sat in my room and um, like got off my bed and sat on the couch and started watching the show and then had a shower and got ready for the game. And then I just put a podcast in, which was, um, it's called Howie, Howie Games, H-O-W-I-E. Um, it's a guy from Australia that just interviews all kinds of people. Um, but like I, 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 me and Renee have, have done it before. Um, but I obviously didn't want to listen to a basketball one. I just scrolled through and I found, um, Daniel Ricardo, who's our, in Formula One driver. Okay. Listen to that. And I don't listen to music pregame or anything, but I listened to that like all the way up to like probably the last kind of possible minute that I could until I had to like go and stretch and lift and get ready for the game. And like, I, I, I'm never going to sit here and say like, if I just do that every time I'm going to play and have 25 points, cause that's not the case. But, um, I think at the time and the, the kind of mo the mood I was in with, just feeling like I was overthinking everything and I was second guessing myself a little bit because I was not playing well and kind of probably a pretty normal feeling for um, when you're not playing well <laughs> and, you, and you're stuck in a bubble. Um, so I just, yeah, just took my mind away from it. And um, I mean, it's, I mean, we're like, probably lucky we play walk tomorrow as well. So I'll, I'll probably do a similar thing, but um, just to get my mind like in, once I get to the arena and we start watching the film pregame and warming up, like I can start to focus on like, these are the things I'm doing. I'm guarding this guy, A, B, C, and D, but just leading up to it, just trying to take my mind away from it. Cause you just can't, it, 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 right now, like you can't get away from it in here, which is like we were saying before, like it's one of the things I think will be the toughest part. Well, what about, I mean, as an offshoot of that, you, know, you mentioned, seeing your teammates all the time. You go down the hallway, you see somebody, you see yeah. other guys. And yesterday, um, I forget where I saw this, but somebody had raised the, the possibility of, like, the longer that everybody is there, the more intense that the competition I gets. I that. Yeah. yeah, and you're, like, the perfect guy to ask because, honestly, you're chippy as hell on the court. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're the type of dude that if, if you said something to me, for sure. In the action, then if I caught you in the breakfast room, maybe I got something to say back. You know, like, what what's your read on, on that unique component? Yeah, I think it, I've been, like, again, with with the national team, it's, 
you kind of you kind of get it's like you're thankful for the national team now because I'm like I've been in a lot of these situations um, like already like I've been around guys that I've got into it with or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting, especially once you like you said once you get deeper and deeper in this and like I think they've said like once it gets down to like eight teams six teams, whatever, they're all going to come to this hotel that we're at. So, like, obviously teams will be shipped out and they'll clean it all up. And um, I think our hotel has been, like, classified as the nicest or, or, or the best or whatever it is. Yep. Um, so I think they're all coming to the same. And obviously, like, when you get that deep into it, like, you're playing in, what, conference finals, the, the finals. Like, once you get to the finals, there's going to be two teams here. Like... It's going to be inevitable that you bump into people, and <laughs> like you at that point too, like everyone's going for for the the win, and they're going to do whatever they physically and <laughs> mentally have to do to to obviously get a to win a championship. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm never one to like get into it on court with someone and and take it off court and be like. I'm not going to fight. Like, let's be honest, no, no one's really fighting anyone in the NBA or anything like that. But, like, once you're off the court and if I see you, like, I'm going to be I'm going to be cool with you. Like, I don't have any problems. Like, uh, I think that's where a lot of it gets, like, misconstrued in the NBA. It's like, we're all trying to win. Like, sure. When no, no one, I, like, I mean... No, but isn't it, it's like, you, it's like what you said with your teammates, like, like that you're used to getting a break from them and you're certainly yeah. used to getting so we a might play like break. Whoever whoever it is, we might play like Paddy Mills, not that I would get into it with him, but like if I got into it with him in the regular season, I'm not going to see him until like a right. month later when we play him again. So you get away from yeah. it. And even yeah. if you did hate each other by that month over, it's like, Oh, whatever. Like, yeah. Right. Which I still like would be confident to say, like, I don't think people are going to like come back on the bus from a game and like be waiting at the valet parking to, to fight the other person when they get off the bus. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting because you just don't... A lot of guys, apart from the international guys, have not been in a situation like this. Um, right. So it's a lot of firsts for everyone. So, yeah, like I said, I, I have no issue with people off court. Like, I've, I'll have i say hi to whoever and talk to whoever. I don't have any problem talking to people. Um, Will that but, cross your mind when you're on the court? Like, I, I wonder if you got something to say. And this is just human nature. Like, do you... Is there any chance you 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 kind of change the way you move on the court because you're sitting there thinking I might be sharing the elevator with this dude in, in 90 minutes here? That's probably the that's probably the most like that that would probably be the funniest situation is like you've just got into it with someone and you go you get in the elevator to go to lunch or whatever <laughs> and he's the only person in the elevator. <laughs> exactly. Like, that would be to me that would be like it, it's not funny because who knows what would happen if people were actually genuinely like really hated each other, but right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to play the same way that I've always played. Like I'm going to compete my ass off and I'm going to get, um, get into people and do whatever I have to do to win, obviously within the rules, because I'm not going to be an idiot and like try and hurt someone or anything like that. But, um, I'm going to play the same way. Like if, if people don't like that, I have a problem. Like, it's the same, like, Pat Beverly is an example to me. Like, I love the way he plays. He's He, he doesn't care who he's guarding. He 
like being whatever he is, six foot, he doesn't care if he's guarding a seven footer or a five foot five guy, like he's gonna play the same way. Right. And I've known Pat for a long time, but like I've got into it with Pat a million times because it's like, dude, like go away, like leave me alone, stop touching me, stop. Then <laughs> you get off the court, it's like nothing personal, like he's trying to win just as much as I'm trying to win. Um, right. So I, I wouldn't imagine there to be like issues or anything, but in saying that, you, you never know because we haven't really been in this situation. <laughs> sure. Uh, give me your quick two cents on, on your squad. Rudy and yeah. Donovan are playing well together. The pictures get put on social media of them playing ping pong. And and so here you are, like you, you've got this kind of, you know, um, I don't want you to call it, like you've got this, caretaker role within that locker room <laughs> Grandpa. We're like yeah like making sure everybody's getting along so that that's been a story that everybody's been watching since march 11th you know what's kind of your updated yeah. uh, feeling about the the read of that room? no i uh, i mean i said it at the time um someone actually asked me about it uh who was it the other day? Uh, rachel nichols asked me about it the other day post game or whatever like and i and i'll i mean i'll forever say the same thing I think and and a part of that is because I'm I said it to her like I'm in the group text I'm in text with them I'm in the team room with them like I think at the time of what happened and what went on and all that like there was there was literally nothing apart from the coronavirus there was nothing else going on like there was a lot of people trying to get stories I understand that like people have jobs to do people have you guys have to like I don't agree with everything the media writes all the time, but I understand that, like, I've got a job to do. Like, you guys are trying to feed your families and do the same thing we're trying to do. Like, everyone's... There's some people that I think go about it the wrong way, which um, I just don't talk to. <laughs> but um, I just think it got, blown, like, blown way more out of proportion than it ever would have if if that never happened or, or whatever, or, or if this, there was a vaccine or whatever could ha- be happened and we just played the next game and kept rolling on with the season... Um, kind of after finding out, I, I think it would have just been like, it would have just been like, oh yeah, they were mad at each other for a second and it's because there was so much time and and usually if you're, like I've got into it with Rudy, I couldn't tell you how many times in the last six years. Like <laughs> we get into it over all different stuff. He's, I'm like, be a better screener and he's like, pass the ball and I'm like, no, screen for me. I'm going to try, if they send me right, I'm trying to cut back. Like we've told you this a million times. Like, and then the next day you see each other and you're like, yeah, you're cool. Like, there's no issue. It's just that you're right. both trying to win and you're both trying to, like, I'm trying to help him. Like, I want him to be as good as he can be and he wants to help me. Like, shit, a big reason I am who I am and <laughs> got paid the money I got. Like, he, he's helped me big time. Like, there's no question in that. Um, and I think, like I said, I just think it got so out of, blown out of proportion because of nothing going on. I honestly think if if we went on about the season as per normal, um, after that, I think it would have just been like another little story in the NBA that would have died away because it was nothing like like they like it's just it, to me like it's it's like nothing's happened to me here. It's like they're totally fine. Um, it is funny that they that picture got out or whatever on <laughs> playing ping pong because like we've got a ping pong table in our team room because we've got a lot of enjoyable good ping pong players. So we have tournaments all the time and play against each other and talk shit and everyone's trying to be the top ranked guy at the time and whatever. So, um, yeah, no, I, I honestly, who's, who's the ping pong king? 
I put myself high up there. Um, <laughs> Rudy did think he was really good, but I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sold on it. Um, Donovan's like the type of player that like doesn't do anything special, but he just hits it back every time. So he like waits for you to make a mistake, which sometimes right. you get like frustrating. You just want to belt it at him, so you just try and hit winners every time. Um, right, right. But we got, we've got a lot of like. I wouldn't say we've got like two all-stars and the rest of us are role players. We've got like a really good overall team of, like if we were playing teams against teams, we would, our team would win our, I would be pretty confident. All right. The two all-stars being you and, and Rudy or Donovan? Me and Royce. You said it. You were Royce. 22 net rating or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't they paying me enough? <laughs> There's the headline. Jill Ingles wants more cash. No, don't do that. I'll be in big trouble. I've got enough coming in. <laughs> um, the last quick thought on that Rudy front that you got me yeah. thinking of, like, here's not to get into armchair psychology, but the more I've learned about that situation, it makes me wonder if, do you think there was a time, so post March 11, I, I remember hearing some stuff about how you guys would get on Zoom calls as a team and for a stretch, like Rudy was not taking part in some of those social media, you know, team activities that were going on. And then so later, you know, he did an interview last week. I don't know if you saw it with uh, the Washington Post. It was pretty good. And, and he he was open about where his head was at at that time. And, you know, and, and so my takeaway was. Is that the one where he was just, saying about never being super close with his family and with teammates and. Yeah. And, and it just, I got a sense. Like, I guess the, the feeling I got was like, you know, he probably really just pulled away from almost everybody during that time. And yeah. and I could see within the team dynamic why some people might perceive that as, you know, maybe they hyper-focused on the Donovan thing and it's like, For sure. okay, um, you know, and maybe they just read it wrong. I mean, do you have any more clarity as you kind of look back at where yeah, the craziest at part is? Like, the, cra- the craziest part of, like, all of these, like, oh, he wasn't on this call or wasn't on that. Like, we all missed a call at some point. Like, I missed a, a couple of the calls because, of, like, I was with the kids or we were going to the park and it just didn't, like, it was, ne- they were never, a lot of, uh, there was a few that were mandatory, obviously, with, like, stuff that was going on with potentially coming here and rules and regulations and what we needed to do and, like, whatever it was. Right. Um, some league calls, some jazz calls, like, um, but shit, the first, three weeks, you were probably the only person I spoke to on the phone. <laughs> like that right. podcast was like, I didn't want to talk to my teammates. I didn't want to see them. Like my only, and I said that on the podcast, like my only focus at that time was, was my family. Like, right. Yeah. I hope Rudy and Donovan were healthy and like feeling all right or whatever. Like, but I wasn't texting them every day. Like it was just, it wasn't. And I think a lot of guys went into that mode. Like Rudy was, was positive and, and had, I think he had a, like a few symptoms or whatever. Um, Donovan didn't really have any, but like you, you're still waking up. I think Donovan's thing yesterday or whatever day it was, the players tribune thing, like he's laying in bed, like thinking about all this stuff every day. Cause he's stuck in this room. Like your mind just goes into like overdrive. And, and for me, it was like my family, but um, yeah, like I, no, I don't like, like I, I think with, with Rudy, Rudy keeps his cards close to him until you get to know him and you, like you really not put effort in to get to know him. Like I, with me, he's, he's pretty open. Like I feel like I could talk to him or ask him anything. Um, 
but my first couple of years it wasn't like that. Like, but I've known him for well, I've known him the longest on our team, apart from like coaching that. Like, it's six, seven years or whatever. So I've I've got to know him. I know how to push his buttons to get him going. I know what to say to him to make him scream better for him. Like, I know how to keep him in. Like, it, you get to know people over time, and I think um, at that time, which no no kind of hate or anger towards anyone, but everyone was worried about themselves at that point. It was like a bit right. of a selfish moment. Like, I, but have I got it? Like, I was sitting next to me. There's a few of us. We were sitting with Donovan all night that night. Like, I was sitting a seat away from him for six hours in the locker room and stuff. Like, <laughs> so you're thinking, like, oh, am I going to be positive in two or three days? Am I going to be positive in a week? Like, especially at the time, not knowing, obviously, anywhere near what we do now about it. Um, I think everyone kind of went into like that, like selfish mode. It's probably kind of yeah, the best way to, but like you're worried about. And like I said, like mine was purely like the nerve of if I've got it, like not being near the kids. Like I didn't kiss the kids for the first week because I didn't want to like have any chance of of passing it to them. Um, right. If I was, especially now that we know, like it takes kind of five to seven days or whatever for symptoms to potentially show or whatever. I think the, I think it's like five days. They said that, um, for it to like show up on a test or whatever. So, um, back then we didn't probably know all that, but I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to risk giving it to my kids. So like, I, I didn't speak to the team for like, put that in the headline. Like <laughs> Johnny girls hates, hates teammates. Like it was, <laughs> it's not that I obviously I, don't like my teammates, but everyone was so worried about, and I think rightfully so, like everyone was more worried about themselves or who's at home with them. Like we got guys that have kids, wives, grandparents live with them. Maybe like Donovan went to his, his back home to where his mum, like his mum's house, like he's with his mum. She's older. Like who knows? Like there's all these things that um, everyone kind of is worrying about. And so the first few weeks, like everything was super quiet. Like I didn't talk to anyone. I think, the first person that I spoke to was like, was George or someone. It was just like, you guys are all good. And that was like two or three weeks down the track. Like it wasn't, right. um, I was in no rush to talk to him. It's not because I don't like anyone, but I think respectfully everyone was doing um, the right thing by themselves and by, by their families or loved ones or whoever they were with. Right. Good stuff, man. Um, super fast. Uh, best experience out there so far. Worst experience in terms of, whether it's off court yeah. bubble stuff or you can yeah the best most part of it the best probably um, just the like as I was saying before like you get stuck in your room a lot but the best is being able to like go and play goal like we we haven't obviously not since you start playing but those first couple of weeks when you're just practicing and stuff like we would a few of us one day went out me Jordan Donovan and Royce and a couple of the coaches went out and like played golf and I'm not a golfer but I like drove the cart around and had a beer and like just it's obviously nice weather and um, those first few days after quarantine was like you're kind of finding your feet a little bit so that's been that's been the cool part of like like I said the NBA has done a hell of a job to, to put this together like I was sure even once we got here it was going to be shut down within a week or two from some positive tests or, or whatever um, right but I think some of our guys last night after the game went bowling um, like stuff like that like they've done a hell of a job to do stuff like that the worst experience is 100% was that first the first 48 hours, um, which you're going to have to experience soon. So I don't uh, 
Uh, Envy that at all, but dude, like mine, seven, seven days. Yeah, you know? that's that's even worse because we were we were forty eight hours, but like, um, like you can, like you're sitting in your room all day. You get a knock on the door, like whether three times a day. They drop a bag out of the thing, and that's a picture I tweeted of the food. I was like, this is just like <laughs> if this is right. going to be the way it is. Which at that time we we didn't know what the plan of like there's going to be obviously more going on. And now I think half or majority of the team's chefs are here cooking off site and they deliver the food. So we get to eat pretty similar to how we do with our chef in Utah because he's here cooking. So, um, but those first four days, just being stuck in the room and um, I only just discovered the other day when I was doing, we did a, a Ingalls Insight podcast the other day of just like inside the bubble and how it's been. Um, and, I didn't even kind of realize, but I was like, it would have been a really good time to like unpack and do my, and I was like, Renee's like, you haven't, I hadn't even unpacked anything yet. Like I was still living in my suitcase. And so I four weeks in took all my clothes out and hung them up. And <laughs> it was, it was just a real weird time. Cause it's like, you're in a hotel room, which like normally if we go on the road trip and I'm, and we're in Detroit or something like some city, I don't really want to do anything or I don't know anyone. Like I'm going to stay in my room for like, all of that afternoon, that night, and then the morning until shoot around. But because I know I've got the option to leave, you don't think about it. Because we knew uh-huh. we were like locked in our fucking rooms, right. and the only fresh air we got was like opening the door to get the disgusting food that was the first forty-eight hours. Right. Um, that was yeah, that was the that was definitely the worst. Got you. All right, but thank you, man. In saying that, in saying that too, it's been great since that. <laughs> like I said, NBA's done it. It seems like it. I um, together. You'll find this kind of funny. I, I don't know if you noticed. So one of the Instagram pictures I put up the other day was, uh, and this had me excited because we, uh, I went fishing with our sons, and so I put a picture up of the fish, and then I tagged the NBA because the thing <laughs> is, like, we don't. The media so far does not have anywhere near the recreational opportunities that you guys have. And, and I get it. Yeah. Like you guys are the players, but like I have admittedly, you know, I've got some juice hopefully with the league office and I've been pushing them like, all right, you got to give us something. So I tagged yeah. the NBA on the fishing thing. And sure enough, I got a note from the PR office that was like, we're ready for you. You know, we, we got poles for rent. You know, you could fish out yeah. here. And I was fired up. I was like, all right, that sounds good. But it is too. But, it's like it's the same for you as it is for us. Like, yeah, your job's different. Like, you're not running out on the court. And like, but, and, and you can sit in your room and write up a story or, or do a podcast from you, like, whatever it is. But you also don't want to just be stuck in your room the whole time. Like, right, right. your brain needs to be yeah. taken over. It's well. the same as, like, the referees. Like, referees need to be... Yeah. Um, I don't want to get in trouble for, like, talking about referees, but there was... In those first few games, we were all, like, adjusting to being back playing. Like... I'd be like, man, you can call that, and they're like, man, we're, we're in the same boat as you. Like, everyone's adjusting to being back and the speed. Well, of the, the numbers like, are super up. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, oh, really? In terms of, yeah, they've been uh, that whistle's been blowing like crazy. Uh, yeah, I got a technical, so I know they're fucking blowing it. <laughs> so, and you're, I mean, you're right that everybody's in a, the same boat to a degree. Honestly, doesn't matter even, what you're doing here. Like, you, yeah. there has to be some outlet for for everyone in terms of like. <laughs> You just can't like expect like even even the workers like the, the security or the NBA like day to day like admin or like they can't just be like that stuff. That they well, do like even, 
like the media buddies I have out there who I'm in touch with, the ones who are already there. Like, I, what's funny is I keep pinging them, asking them, like, hey, you know, can we golf? Can we fish? And and because I'm not there yet, that's kind of my focus. I keep hearing back. They're like, yo, we're working 15-hour days, and we've never been this tired in our lives. You know, like, yeah. like well, even part of that is what you're like, talking about. Our dad starts the same thing. Like, oh, I thought I'd be able to, like, finish practice, and I'd be able to, like, go fishing or, like, watch Netflix or – but there's also a lot of shit, like, they're preparing, like, our guys are treating guys all day, especially because we can. Like, right. if I want to get a stretch, I just text one of our eyes and go and get some work done. Like, it's, they're kind of, like, on call as well. And then, um, like, our, our every staff member that's here with us, like, obviously bringing, like, 30 whatever people, like, everyone's had to pick up extra. So, like, our strength coach or our physio or whoever might be here, like, helping filter models, which is... There's only a certain amount of ball boys allowed. There's only a certain amount of, of like, with the people we brought um, or, or every team's had to bring. Um, so it's different for everyone. Like, everyone's got more on their plate than what they thought because everyone's loaded throughout, like, for the teams that's been picked up because we haven't got as many staff as what we would normally travel with or if we're at home or if there was no coronavirus. <laughs> right. right. Crazy stuff.